0: So before we get started in the sermon, I'm going to do a quick little goofy plug. So this thing right here is called the Scripture Journal. I know, they're not paying me. I wish they were. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but it's on the Book of Romans, and it's got your Scripture on one side and, and side for notes. I'd recommend, while we're going through this, get on Amazon, get on Lifeway, get on wherever you buy books at, and get one of these to go along. It's been so helpful and so much fun to have. If you, uh, uh, after service, if you want to know more about it, come find me. Uh, but I love having it. I got all my notes from the last two weeks in here. Um, I've got uh, the whole New Testament set, book of John. I like to doodle in. But yeah, they're so cool and so helpful, and it's just something I geek out on. So, um, book of Romans. We've been diving in, going deep. Um, We've talked about how the church was established, the cultural context, what was going on, get into some situational context, and I heard something this week, and uh, it has to do with when we are talking about the context of everything, but the book of Romans is not written to me, but God wrote it for me. So it was written to a specific uh, church for a specific reason. I'm going to pick this up, because I'll end up kicking it, and... Uh, Not written to me, but God wrote it for me. So there's so many truths that we can take from the book of Romans, even though it wasn't written directly to us. And there was things going on in the church that Paul needed to address uh, some of these issues. There was a division in the church. There was uh, just some crazy stuff going on. A division in the church, The, the, the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians were kind of button heads on their customs uh, and all that sort of fun stuff, and God, God uh, well, God did need to address it, but he addressed it through Paul. And so last week we have the, the wrath of God revealed, um, his righteous wrath, Pastor Tony talked about, talked about when we view the world around us, it all points to who God is. We see his majesty and there's no excuse for not knowing. So let's read. Uh, I want to read the book of Romans uh, 1 24 and 25 real quick. Thanks, you got me up to speed. Uh, and then we're going to pray, and then we'll keep going on. Open up your Bible. Where is it? If you don't have a Bible, open up your Bible app. If you don't have a Bible app or a Bible, look on the screen. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring. Of their bodies among themselves, because they exchange the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. This is God's Word. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for today, God. I pray, God, that you would speak in and through me, God, and that people would have ears to hear what you have to say, God. Push myself aside, God, and let yourself be glorified through the words that I speak today, God. Pray, God, that you'd calm my nerves right now and just let your Holy Spirit fill me up and that I can preach your word and do it some justice, Lord. And I say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this is still part of kind of the recap of Pastor Tony's message last week. And we make God in our image. You know, verse 23 talks about the idol worship. And we can do a good job of making God or gods in our image rejecting what we know about him, we invent our own gods. And here's something that stuck out to me. When we invent our gods, when we make those idols, these created things that we turn into gods, they conveniently project our own selfish wants and desires. Right? How convenient that that matches up what I want, and I'm just going to take it and fold it up and put it in my pocket. And we reject God and what we know about Him and invent these own gods that that show who we are, not who God is. And so I got a little excited this week and it was actually something I wanted to do that that challenged me in my preaching and teaching. Um, Does everybody here have a bulletin? Did they all pick one up? Chris is going to start handing them out. But I made slides to go along uh, and you can follow along on the back of your bulletin. Um, And this was... It was really hard and challenging for me to do. But worshiping idols, if you got the first slide up there. Idolatry begins when we worship the things God made rather than God himself. If you notice in your little bulletin on the back side there, flip it over, Lydia. Grab a pen and you can fill in the little blanks. Idolatry begins when we worship the things God made rather than God himself. Lee, will you pull up uh, the Bible Bible verse, Habakkuk 2.18? What profit is an idol when its maker has shaped it a metal image, a teacher of lies? For its maker trusts in his own creation when he makes speechless idols. And this goes along with what I said a few moments ago that uh, our idols, our gods that we make up, conveniently project our own selfish wants and desires. For we are the makers of our own creation, and when we make these stupid idols, that consume our time. And then as I was thinking about this and pondering this, what are the idols that we worship? Is there anything that like, you feel you can't live without? Is there a pride or priority that's taking your mind over, that, that's not allowing you to maybe be a part of the church family like Pastor Tony talked about? And I, I have a confession to make, on priorities, and I have an apology to make to someone in this room. Uh, She's probably going to hate that I pointed her out. uh, Kara, I want to apologize to you. When you took forth the effort to put together prayer meetings, I didn't make it a priority. And there was so much value in that that I didn't appreciate. And I'm sorry that I didn't do that and support you in that. And like this wasn't part of my sermon today. Like as I was reading and listening to Pastor Tony today, I felt this deep conviction to let you know like I didn't take it serious. I'm sorry. And those are are easily the things that consume us. It can take over our time. She was doing it twice a week to try and meet our needs and it was something I didn't take serious and it's so important. And, and that she, she took it upon herself to make that a priority for our church. And, and I had all the comforts and all the other things of the world that were taking me over. And now looking back on it, I'm like, man, I missed that. My idol was myself in that. And it sucks. But there's other things like, is God first... In your life, do you worship the God of the Bible or the God that you've made in your own image? You know, maybe you're God's comfort. I know during this coronavirus, it was really easy to get comfortable in my own home and not want to leave and not want to get out. But the God of the Bible, he's so much bigger and there's nothing better than him. Now as Pastor Tony preached about last week, man had knowledge of God, man refused to glorify God, and men's minds become dark. We substitute God for our own idols, for the things that we've made up, for the things that bear our image. And now as we get into verse 24 and 25, this is just like the beginning of what that downward spiral can look like. We were talking yesterday morning in our pastor's meeting. We met for coffee. We pull up verse 24, Aaliyah? Oh, I was like, where'd she go? Um, but we were talking yesterday morning in our pastor's meeting, and I'm going to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but it's all, the, you know, all in God's grace, but I feel like that so far with Romans, like we've done a pretty good job of setting each other up for the next sermon. And... Like I told Tony for last week, I felt like he's on the pitcher's mound, we're playing men's softball because we're old and out of shape, and he's just lobbed that ball up ready for me to hit. And so this week, I'm, I'm trying to do the same thing, because next week's sermon, it's, it's going to be uncomfortable. There's no doubt about it. And Chris is going to address some things, and... It's going to get a little uncomfortable, so I'm going to do my best to do the same thing. I'm going to be on that pitcher's mound. I'm going to lob the ball up, and Chris is going to be sitting there ready to hit a home run with it. So Paul addresses what this downward spiral looks like, and we get started. It starts with verse 23, and talking about the idols. Now we're into verse 24. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. I mean, that starts with some pretty heavy stuff. God gave them over. He didn't cause the stumbling. He didn't cause the sin. He gave them over into it. It's a choice. People choose to reject them. Him, sorry and he allows us to deal with what we choose. We are left, we are left, we are left to natural consequences. Anybody ever talk about natural consequences with their kids? That's a, a, a phrase we say often in our home. Oh, well, that's a natural consequence. I'm um, trying to think of some natural consequences, but I can't think of any right now. But it happens a lot with our kids, because they're kids, and they just act on impulse, and they want to do what they want, and then they don't think about the consequences. So <laughs> Touching something hot getting burned. Uh, wanting to take his Nintendo to a friend's house and leaving it unplugged all night and it's dead. Maybe you should plug it in, like I tell you, when you're done playing with it. Natural consequence. So, uh, God leaves us to our, our natural consequences when we, we just decide to leave him behind. And this is the, the, my next slide says, in time he knows as we continue to walk in sin, we will be slaves to sin, no longer slaves to Jesus. And we think about the kind of master that sin is. What kind of master is sin? Let's hear, let's have some crowd participation. I'm going to call on names if people don't start throwing out answers. So sin takes your eyes off of the Lord. What else? Anybody else? What kind of? Fear. Sin is, he's a master that, that breeds fear into your heart. What, what other kind of master is sin? What? Pride? Yes, pride. I'm trying to see who said it. There, there is no worse master than sin. Sin's abusive. Belittling. He's going to lie about you. He's going to make you feel like crap, and He's going to make you feel awesome. And like Lydia said, He helps you to lose sight of the Creator. And when you're going down in that downward Downward spiral in sin, and you keep just choosing to walk down that path and just choosing to sin, sin's going to be the first one that puts His arm around you and says, Yeah, let's go. I like this path. We're gonna keep going down this path. No, you don't need to look back at him. He's he. I got this. He becomes your best friend, and in that moment, God gives you over to your sin. Now, the, the most like worldly th- thing I could think of about giving uh, someone over to their sin uh, has to do with my brother Brandon. I don't know if you guys know this about him he's been an addict most of my life um my earliest memories like i know that he was a, a a big brother and like we did brotherly things um because we have video of it and i can you know there's interactions of us playing together but i don't like, i really don't remember those memories because from a young age he's been an addict you know I mean, since he was in high school, and as long as I've known him, he's, he's been an addict. Never really a big brother. I can remember sitting in uh, our front room, and I know that I was younger than like 10 years old, because when we moved from Miller Creek to Price, I was 11 years old, so I know I was 10 or younger, and I remember sitting in my front room watching Saturday morning cartoons, and my brother comes in, and he's acting weird. And he just keeps he keeps pointing at the screen and yelling, "There it is, there it is!" And his leg would fly up over his like up over his head. He would just throw his leg up, and I was like, "What the heck?" And as a little kid, like I just laughed at it because I didn't know what was going on. And later, you know, when my parents finally woke up, they we figured out what was going on. They did. He had overdosed. He's lucky he didn't die. And he, you know, at the time from that moment on, like we've had this broken relationship. And it's still not mended to this day. Um, I was really nervous about sharing this because I thought my mom was going to be here. <laughs> and I'm, in a way, I'm glad that she's not. Um, <laughs> but he's never really been a big brother to me. And I, over the years, I've tried and tried and tried to get him to sober up. I've prayed for him and just hoped that he would turn his life around and that there was something I could do to help him. And there came a moment when he showed up at a family gathering. I was actually a party for my wife where he was stoned out of his mind and drunk off his, his butt. He was drunk, really drunk. And I remember like the heartbreak and just seeing him in that way. And that, like that day I decided, like, now, knowing the, like, this language, I gave him over that day. I can't carry that burden anymore. It's not my weight to carry. And I had to give him over into that. And, and we don't have a relationship right now. I don't know where he lives. I don't know where he works. I don't know what he does. Um, my hope and prayer is that ultimately he'll give his life over to Christ and, and sober up. And I still live with the fear of like, that I've given him over, that I'm holding on to something. And whenever my mom calls me like at weird hours at 7.30 in the morning or I get a phone call at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, man, I think this is it. This is the call to let me know that something's happened to him. And it hurts, man, but I, I can't carry that burden anymore. It's not mine to carry. And I, I think of uh, like that's the best example I have. And I know it sounds really crummy, but that's the best example I have that that God gives people over to their sin. And if I feel the heartbreak of what my own brother goes through, like we're made in his image, his heart breaks. His heart breaks because he doesn't want that. Let's talk about the creature a little bit in verse 25. Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Losing vision, losing sight of God, the creator, it doesn't happen all at once. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the band, but there's a song called The Slow Fade, (laughs) and I think it's super cheesy, but there's so much truth in it, um, that it happens over time. And one of the things I wanted to do here about talking about the truth about God for a lie who is the father of lies and serve the creature rather than the creator, I want to go back to Eden, back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3, 1 through 10. Maybe, if I don't have sticky fingers. All right, Genesis 3, 1 through 10. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. So we see kind of how Paul's laid it out in the book of Romans. And uh, you can pull up 24 and 25 again. But in verse 23, he talks about these idols, like Pastor Tony talked about. The created things. And we see this same pattern in the book of Romans that we see in Genesis. Losing sight of the creator and the creation. And we see Adam and Eve first set eyes on that created thing that God said they weren't supposed to do. The creation. And at first look, they're like intrigued by it. They desire it. That first little taste. And the truth about God The truth about God uh, that they're talking about in, in verse 25, the truth about God is that He is a good God. He is a loving God. He is a faithful God. He is a just God. He is a righteous God. We could go on and on and on. The list goes on. That's the truth of God. But Satan sows them seeds of lies. He is the father of lies. God's plan wasn't for Adam and Eve to be swept away up in their own passions. focused on themselves. Same with us. His his desire isn't for us to be swept up into our own passions and focus on ourselves. But just like in the Garden of Eden, we should lose sight of the Creator. Focus on the creation and let the creature take control. Is there a movie where there's a character called Creature? I swear there is. I can't think of it either. They call him creature. But anyways, focus on the creation and let the creature take it control. The word of God is our standard of truth. And Satan is the father of lies and he doesn't want us to, to, to know that the truth, the, the truth of God. And we often, I can't say we, I, I'll raise my hand, often find myself in trouble when I'm focusing on things God forbids. Things that God, like, tells me, like, that's not a good idea. Rather than focusing on the blessing that God has given us already. And I think of, like, kind of that grass is always greener mentality. Focus on, if I only got this better paying job. If I only had this car, if I only had this, if I only had this, we focus on all these created things. And, and then again, the creature is the center of the focus rather than focusing on God. So I got my next slide it says, as, we, as soon as we begin to leave God out of our plans, we are placing ourselves above him. We have been elevated when we leave God out of uh, all of our plans, everything that we're doing, we focus on everything else around us, we place ourselves above Him. And in that, the father of Lies, Satan, he is the one that comes along. He leads us to believe that our sins are good, that they feel good, they're comfortable, we like them, we love them, and that they are harmless. Ah, oh, there's no harm in that. But we know from this, like, our sins can be toxic. Our sins are toxic, and they spread into other areas of our lives, affecting every little thing that we do. Our sins is spread like wildfire. And when we look and go back to the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve got what they wanted. They left behind this beautiful thing, And decided to indulge in their own wants and desires. And they got what they wanted. Now I'm going to, I want to switch gears a little bit because this is what I felt like the Lord was laying on my heart. To, To talk a little bit about temptation. How many by raise of hands are tempted to Exchange the truth about God and and indulge into your own wants and desires daily. Right? The temptations are there. Temptation is not a sin. But I have my next slide here, and this is the best way I could put it, is temptation is an invitation to give into Satan's way of life. We're invited in to take part of that, just like we're invited in to Jesus' life. How do we resist those temptations? What? Say it louder. To God. Amen. What else? How do we resist temptation? Turning away from your sin. How do we resist temptation? Jen? Aha. Uh-huh. Cool. Mike, what about you? Temptation. How do you resist temptation to sin? Prayer. Prayer. Okay. Julie. Um I think you have to acknowledge that it is a temptation. Whatever it is that you're contemplating wrong thing that isn't in light of God and it is a temptation so that you, you're aware of it. Nice. Like one of the main points like I wanted to ask everybody here is one, we're all tempted by sin. And we all have the knowledge of God and the truth about who God is. And like, we have this. To know that our struggles, we're not alone in them. We have this church body here. And like to reiterate on what some of Pastor Tony was, if there's body parts missing, it sucks. We genuinely miss when people aren't here. We genuinely love each and every single person here. You guys are our family. Um, If there's the good news of Jesus, there's bad news, right? The bad news is that God will give you over into your sin. He'll give you up into your sin. If you continue to walk down that road, the bad news is God's going to give you over to it. We know the good news. The gospel is the antidote. We know that when Pastor Tony talked about the wrath of God, that the wrath of God for the people that are in the bad news is much different than what the wrath of God looks like for the people in the good news because the wrath of God was poured out and laid on the cross. We place our faith in that. Through Jesus Christ, His life, His death, His resurrection, we are no longer slaves to sin. We have been liberated. And our lives can grow. Our lives grow in richness by pressing into the truth of the gospel the truth about God, that we don't have to be a slave to the father of lies. We don't have to be a slave to sin because the wrath of God was poured out on the cross. How's that? I got to do it for the camera. There we go. (laughs) The wrath of God was poured out on the cross. That's the good news. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your grace. Thank you, God, for providing us with a Savior. That we don't have to be slaves to sin. That we, have, that we have been redeemed. The price has been paid. The wrath of God has been poured out on Jesus. And we place our faith and hope and trust in that God. That we wouldn't lose sight of the Creator in the creature, in the created things, God, but that we would keep our vision focused on You, Lord. That when we sin, God, we would come to You in repentance and take the focus off of ourselves and our pity, our shame, our sorrow, our guilt, whatever it might be, God, that's holding us back from setting our eyes upon You, God. I pray today, God, that, that, that if there's somebody in here today, God, that thinks, man, that message was really for me, God, that they would know, yes, repent, come to you, God. That their focus would be placed on you and the things above the truth of God and they wouldn't be captive to the father of lies. And I say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Beep, boop, beep. Thanks.